Let me just read that one more time. Since it's only five verses. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. This is a sort of a traditional uh, psalm that's looked at on Thanksgiving. I've never preached on it. In fact, I kind of look back. There's, it's rare that I'll actually preach something specifically on Thanksgiving because I don't know why. It's just so difficult for me to do that. I don't know why. I just like I was planning on just keeping going with First John, just sort of ignoring that it was a holiday. That, that's what's easiest for me. <laughs> and the Psalms in particular are difficult because I almost feel like anything that I say just takes away from the beauty of the psalm. <laughs> Like we should just, let's just read it 10 times and then over and done with. So there's going to be an element of that where uh, it's sort of tainting the psalm. But there is, you know, something when when Israel first started reconnecting again with the scriptures, it says that they set up a little wooden pulpit and they would read the scripture, but they would read it in such a way so that they would understand what was being said. And that's sort of maybe what's happening here, if anything at all. When you look at the psalm, it starts off, and the first verse is short. It just says, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Uh, And every, uh, what what it is, is shout joyfully in every place where there's people. (laughs) And and a lot of times when people look at or talk about this psalm, they talk about it in the kind of way that, um, you know, with my family, I tease my kids a lot. I, I tease everyone sometimes. If, if I love you, I tease you type thing <laughs> or sarcastic. And, and so whenever our kids, you know, I want them to do something or something, I'll, I'll say, oh, you'll do it and you'll like it. And I just do that just to mess with them because I know that's just such an irritating thing to say. <laughs> and they know that I'm just saying it to mess with them, but it's still irritating. Unless, that's not what God's saying here. Be joyful and you'll like it, <laughs> type thing. It's not like, oh, God's sitting up there just commanding from on high, be joyful or else. That's the way we kind of look at it. Like, well, here's God listing off all these commands, and the number one is be joyful. What he's saying is, I am giving joy out, not just to you guys in the church or that might read this, I'm actually giving joy out to everywhere where there's people. He's doing that all the time. In fact, every ounce of joy that exists in the world was created, maintained, and given by God to us to be joyful. And we don't have to be joyful. And most of the time we just say we're just not going to be. And that's why when we read this, we read it like a command because we just think, well, I've got, there's, I'm not, there's, I can't be joyful. Even though we know 
if we're really pressed, that there are some things that we could be joyful about, but we just feel like, but there's all this other stuff going on. In other words, everybody in the entire world knows that there's things that are being given that's joyful, but we feel like it's the joy is like sand that just sort of runs through our hands. We can sort of pick it up, and then it just runs out. And so it's almost like we don't know how to grab a hold of it anymore. And so what this psalm is doing, it's very short. And what it's actually doing is showing us how the promise of Jesus changes this. But it just puts it out in a general sense. The first thing is, is God's the one who, who's giving joy out, and he's giving it to all of us. And then he says, how do we grab all of it? He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. And everyone understands that that is a reference to church and is a reference to what we see are doing today. But the serve is sort of a general sense work. The context is the joy going out throughout the whole. It's a, a bigger thing. It, it is church, you know, finding the joy that God has in church. But it's bigger than that. And what it's kind of saying is, is look, God's the one who's the source of all joy. He's the one who's giving it out. And the work and worship or the place of the church helps to point out the source of that. And there's a way in which we connect to that uh, through the church. But, but, and so there's two things there that I just want to talk in addressing that. But the main thing is, is one of the reasons why we don't enjoy the joy that God gives us is because we run from the connection that there is to him. I, I don't know how to... This is going to be difficult for me to explain because... You know, oftentimes when uh, I talk to a pastor or something like that, and I don't know if a pastor talks to me, we all do it as pastors. There's a ton of things in the church to be joyful about. But we always feel like we need to think about all those things that need to happen, that should have happened, that could have happened, and then all this other stuff. If you talk to, I've had numerous friends, and it's not just pastor or that type of thing. A lot of times it's, you know, you, you may be doing music, you might be doing something, you might be doing setup, you might be doing something else, whatever it is that's included in that sort of work and worship of the church. There comes this time when you just feel like, I just, this isn't joyful for me anymore. Even though there's some aspects of it that, that you know actually bring me a lot of joy. But there's so much frustration with things that I just feel like I gotta erase that connection. And, and sometimes I, I remember when I was younger, I, I just felt like, well, in order for me to have joy, I can't even set foot in a church. <laughs> And it was just sort of running from that. It, I, I put it as though it was church, but it was really this connection. I kept thinking it had to be somewhere else. Uh, oftentimes you see people that, you know, I want to be, I had some friends that wanted to be missionaries. He wanted to be a missionary in, I think it was Argentina. She wanted to be a missionary in Brazil. And they just didn't see how they could get married because they had such different callings. But he asked her, in fact, I had that conversation 
And then five minutes later, he asked her, and then that conversation was over. They said yes, and they got jobs in San Francisco and just sort of felt like they just needed to leave that. Even though whatever it is that they were going to do, whatever it is they were going to do somewhere else was actually happening. <laughs> it wasn't that. They just felt like they... And what it is is... Here's, he says it next. He says, Know that the Lord himself is God. In other words, that it's just God is God. He is the one with all the power to get everything done. And it is he who made us and not we ourselves. Well, what it is a lot of times is we, we run from this connection. And the reason why is because even though there's joy coming out, we get this frustration because whatever it is that we think that we're building, it's not getting built the way we think it needs to get built type thing. Is that how that is? Like, you may think, well, in order for this to happen, all these 50, 60 different things need to happen. And it turns out that God doesn't need those 50, 60 things to happen. God is God, and so God can do it however he wants to do it. And if he wants those 50, 60 things, then he'll make those 50, 60 things happen. And if he wants to say, I'm going to do it without those, then he'll do it without those. But we get so frustrated because we feel like the joy depends on us building something. And there is joy in building. It's like, but I don't know how to explain this either. It's like we're a bunch of little kids and we go into a room and we pull out every single toy and build all this stuff. And, just, and then that room is so messy that we have to go to another room. And we pull out all the sheets and all the things that make tents in that room until it's like nothing more can be built. And then we go to the next room. Now, when a mom comes in, and this is, let's, uh, okay, I'm going to say a dad. Let's move to that. That way I can. A godly dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> you might. Sometimes walk in and just say, oh, look at all the wonderful things my kids have built. <laughs> and just be really happy. It's like, man, they spend all day having fun, building this. But like a normal person is all they see is like, wow, what, what happened? They just created this mess. I mean, what he's saying is, is yes, it's fun to build. <laughs> but all we're really doing is just creating a big mess. And that's okay. Because God will come in and clean it up and give us some space to build some more messes and it's fun building that thing. What he's saying is, is look, the, the joy is coming. The source is God giving it to us. And, and there's joy in building and joy in dreaming and joy in thinking through different things and joy in setting goals. But, but the problem is, is we move away from seeing that Whatever it is that's going to happen, it's God who's the one. He's the one who's going to make it happen. And we start dwelling on the stress that's involved with us making it happen. Have you ever noticed that as soon as something joyful happens, within five or six minutes, you'll be stressed out about something else? How quickly we move from just... He's not saying... Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> you know, 
command type thing. What he's saying is, first of all, it's okay to have that connection. You don't have to run away from that. If you're feeling like, I just can't go to, you don't have to leave church or run away. You don't have to. It's okay to just stay. The second thing is, is you don't have to worry about everything. You don't have to put yourself in the position of saying, unless all these 50, 60 things happen, everything will fall apart and it'll be a mess. It's already a mess, but it's still okay because God can give joy in the middle of all that. What he's saying is, it's okay to just enjoy it. When the joy comes, you feel this pressure to have to move away to worry or stress or something else or have it somehow be dependent on you. You you just feel that impulse there. And and he's not saying, oh, you must be joyful. You don't have to be joyful. If you enjoy filling up your wheelbarrow with stress, then do that if that's bringing you joy. He's just saying you don't have to go there. There's no reason in terms of what God's doing that's compelling us to immediately start worrying about something. And he's not saying, oh, well, you're this evil person if you start worrying. Everybody does it. He's just saying, it's okay to just stay there. You can just be happy in that moment. You don't have to move on to something else. Oh, no, there's... He's doing it in the midst of a world where there's all this stuff going on and there's always going to be things and the devil is going to bring things to pull us away from that and there'll be plenty of big things that pull us away. But he says, you don't have to just artificially just move away from that. And a lot of times we move away from joy for, you know, and I don't want to diminish some of the serious things and that type thing, but... And I was trying to this morning think of like an example. And the only thing I could think of is, is sometimes we'll get stressed about whether or not we should eat the yolk of an egg or not. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's not really like that great of a thing to be stressed about. But we just don't have anything else to think about right now. And we just feel like we need to fill up our barrel with stress. And so this is, you know, and, and there is some joy in having your barrel of stress filled with things like that, little things like that. But it's like, if you're going to fill it with stress, I mean, at least fill it with something that's like worthy of stress or something. No. He's just saying, look, the Lord, God is going out and he's the the source of joy. We, We might think, not my yoga classes. It's not. There's, it's not to say that God isn't giving some joy there. But he's the source, not that. You might even say, my family is the source of my joy. That's not quite right. What it is, is God is the source, and he's given you your family. And you may feel like it's my duty to be stressed about that. And he's saying, it's not your duty to be stressed about that. If you want to, fine, that's okay. Jesus is covering it all. But you don't have to be. And we're going to be because we're just so messed up. That's gonna, 
But, but don't put that on God as though he's, something about the joy that he's giving is dependent on us messing up by stressing and worrying about things that, that we're never, God created whatever it is we're taking joy in. He's sustaining it. He is God, not us. He has the power and, and he is going to make whatever needs to last, last. And he's doing it so that we'll take joy in it. And we can see those things that we know we should take joy in. If we stop and think about it, we know we should be. But we feel this pressure, and as what the psalmist is saying, that pressure is not coming from God. That pressure to move away from it. That pressure to make it be about something that, that's dependent on us creating something. That, that pressure is not coming from God. He's not the one who's saying. He's providing it so that in the midst of all the things that we're messing up here and on all the he's instituting joy regardless of all that. Here's where he ends. He says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. If it is true that the joy is coming from something that God is doing and not from something that we are doing, if it is true that God is the source of joy and not something else, our hobby or this or that that we think it is, but he's the source and he's the one who's going, then, and I don't know how to say this, when you think about that, maybe this is the wrong way to say it logically or whatever, but you could say that that line of thought demands thankfulness. In other words, what we think we need to move on to is worry and this and that, but what he's saying is is what it naturally leads to is just thankfulness. And he's not saying thankful as a virtue or thankful as you need to do this to be able to get this. He's saying thankfulness is a place of refuge. Does that make sense? That like, when you feel joy, there's something other than God. All this uh, evil pushes us away from that to be worried and stressed out. But, but where God is pushing us to is not thankfulness because he needs to have it, but thankfulness because that's a refuge, because thankfulness is us seeing that God's the one who gave this God's the one who's going to make this happen. God's the one who's going to protect this. And I don't need to take that back onto myself. I'm just going to enjoy it and let it push me into thankfulness. And I'm just going to find refuge there. And you might say, well, how, how does that happen? I mean, I, I don't know. You're, you're not going to be able to do it correctly. <laughs> but if you're going to let yourself be pushed into something, when you start feeling that push into, oh, well, what about this? What about this problem? Maybe instead of just letting your heart go there, you can also feel this other thing that pushes you into, I'm just so thankful God did that. I'm just so thankful. And, And that thankfulness, he says, blossoms up the true thing that makes joy lasting. And it's the end statement He says, for the Lord is good 
His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations. It helps us to understand that this all depends not on what we think we're building, not on some new hobby that we think we have, not on eliminating all the problems of the world, that, that God is God and he can give joy in the midst of whatever. And you see this throughout the Bible, even thrown into like a lion's den, into a jail, well, wherever it is, you see these people having joy. It's not because they've mustered it up or because they're so holy or because they're, it's because God gave joy in, in the midst of trouble, and he's God, and he can do that if he wants to. He has the power to do that. But it's not dependent on us and our worry and our stress. It actually comes down to, is God good or not? And is God, does he have some love for us or not? And is God going to be faithful that. And we know that God is God. We, we know that God is good, if you were to ask us. We know that God loves us, if we were to be asked. Even though we question that, and we may not quite be there yet, but that's where we start heading. And we know that God is faithful, even when we are not. But what moves us away from that is we just think, Okay, that's God, but we just keep thinking there has to be something that might move God away from that. There might be something that I might do, some demeanor that I might take, some path that I might go down, some mistake that I might make that would cause God to move away from who he is. And that's a silly thing to when you actually say it out loud. God is good. You're not going to move him away from that. God loves you. You're not going to move him away from that. And God is faithful, and you will not move him away from that. Because God is God, and you don't have the power to move him from who he is. And if there was anything that would block that, that's what the story of Jesus is all about. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what the story of Jesus is, that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And what that means is, is that whatever there might be that might move God away from that, if there was anything, Jesus is handling it for us. So we don't have to worry about that. And that's what entering into his rest is all about. That's what he says, take my load, my load is light, because he says... Nothing's going to be able to move God away from his, that he is good, that he is loving kindness, that he is faithful. And he came down to earth to show us that that is true. And that's Jesus. And whatever price needed to be paid, whatever we think might need to happen, Jesus is doing that for us. So there's no logical reason why. There's nothing that's pushing us. There's nothing, there's no rationale that's pushing us away from the joy that God's putting us in his life. Because it's fully and completely dependent on him and not at all depended on us. And even though we mess up and we do real things to mess up and we do real things to just sort of make a mess of our life, he's still capable of inserting joy into that. And if we were to just 
listen to that part of us or listen to really the, the Holy Spirit that's pushing us to thankfulness. We would see that that's all that God's doing. He, he's not pushing us towards worry, pushing us towards we need to take on a burden. And he's just saying, just let this run into thankfulness, not, not because... It's something that makes you a good person or this or that, but because thankfulness really is a refuge for us because thankfulness requires us to have seen that we're thankful to someone other than ourselves. We're thankful to God who's the, the source of our joy. Let's pray. Um, as musicians come forward, if you'd like to... When I mentioned Jesus and there was, if something tweaked in your heart and you felt like, I haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, but, but I would like to at least see where this is going, and you'd like to have forgiveness for your sins and get that fresh start with him, raise your hand for a second while everyone's heads are bowed, and, and I'll pray for you. Okay. Uh, let's all stand and... Uh, Let me pray, and we'll sing these last couple songs. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you so much. And even though our hearts maybe aren't quite there, I just pray that you would just pull us back to it and just really fill us with joy and thankfulness. And I pray that you just make it so we could grab a hold of that and carry it at least through this week, Lord. We ask this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.